Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope you're able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope this message will be an inspiration to help you find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. Amen. Well, God bless you, church. How are you feeling tonight? How are you feeling tonight? There we go. It's Wednesday night. Uh, we're so glad that all of you are here. We're going to have some fun tonight, as you see. Uh, we are starting a brand new series, three-part series tonight called Family Convo. And we'll get into that in just a, just a moment. Um, but uh, I do want to just make a couple of announcements before we get started tonight. Uh, last, last week, how many of you here were, were here last, last week? Just wave at me if you were here. All right. It was awesome. If you weren't here, go back, watch the message that Pastor Johnny uh, preached just on hearing the voice of God. And many of you did that. Uh, and really, we were challenged in that area. And uh, so many were uh, ready to sign up, get involved in ministry. And we did have a technical kind of glitch last week. And so you, maybe you went to your groups and uh, you tried to sign up and that QR code did not work. Well, we fixed it. And uh, they're gonna put that up on the screen. If you would guys do that. And you can take out your phone right now and you won't offend me. You can just take that phone out and you can scan that QR code. You can get signed right up for the area of ministry that you intended to if you didn't do that. And uh, we'll, we'll get you plugged in the best we can there. And then how many of you are excited about the marriage conference coming up? Better marriage conference, let's go. Uh, all the married people in the room, all the married people watching online right now, we wanna invite you to the, uh, the Better Marriage Conference. It is gonna be absolutely phenomenal. It's only $60. And so let me just, uh, you know, maybe you go out to dinner uh, with, your, with your spouse and you don't really think anything of dropping $60 uh, for the meal or maybe uh, movies or whatever if you do that kind of thing. Um, but this is $60, this is an investment. That's what Pastor David said on Sunday. I love that. This is not not just an event, but this is actually an investment. And we want all of you to be a part. So maybe uh, you can afford that $60 and you could even consider sponsoring another couple. Uh, why don't you do that? And you can, as you give uh, on, on the website there, there's a, a space where you can sponsor other couples that maybe couldn't go or didn't have the finances to go. So consider that. And let me just make this announcement as well. Uh, we do not want the lack of finances to keep anybody from uh, coming to this amazing conference. Somebody say amen. So if you're saying, you know what, I would love to go, but uh, $60, it's, it's a big deal to our family right now. No pressure, no sweat. Just uh, go and uh, you can email us at BMC, stands for Better Marriage Conference, BMC at faithassembly.org and uh, we'll, we'll see what we can do to assist you. We'll get you hooked up and uh, make sure that, um, that you are here. And it's not this Sunday night, but it's the next Sunday night. So get ready. It's going to be a lot of fun. There's a guest comedian, uh, incredible workshops, games, fun, dinner. Uh, you don't want to miss it, all right? So tonight, as I mentioned, we're starting this brand new series called Family Convo. And uh, it's a study from the book of Ephesians. And we're going to be talking specifically about Ephesians chapter 5, and we're going to be looking at marriage, all right? We're going to be looking at marriage tonight. Uh, Paul teaches us about marriage, and tonight I want to spend some time and just, can we just honor marriage tonight? So let me ask this question. 
Is there anybody in the room, any couples in the room, you're married and you were, you were married within the last 12 months? Any kind of newlyweds, raise your hand. Awesome, anybody else? Would you, would you guys just stand up really quick? All the, I'm not gonna embarrass you, but just stand up. All the newlyweds, stand up. Church, can we just go crazy for all you guys? Let's, I love this. Good job. All right, you guys can be seated. Now, I know also tonight we have some more, what I'll call more experienced couples, all right? So you, uh, uh, you have been around, you got some years under your belt, you're the veterans, and so here's what I would like for you to do tonight, and we're just gonna go crazy for you. If you've been married 40 years or more, would you stand up right now? 40 years or more? You can stand up if your spouse isn't here. God bless you guys. We honor you, we love you, we celebrate that. Remain standing if you would, remain standing. All of you who have uh, been married 40 years are great. Let me, let's do this, 45 years or more, remain standing, anybody else can sit down. 45 or more, all right? 50 or more. 55. I think you guys are the only ones standing. How many, how many years have you all been married? 65 years? Oh, somebody in the risers, 65 years? In the risers, I'm sorry, I didn't see you guys back there. How many, how many years? 65. All right, here's what you guys are gonna do. We honor you, we celebrate you. You have to take out all the newlyweds, all right? And take them to a nice steak dinner. I'm talking Roos Chris. Uh, whatever nice state, whatever they want, all right? You agree with that? I'm just kidding. Um, no, you guys can be seated. Thank you so much. Uh, marriage is something that is so important, and, um, and I believe we need to teach on it in the church. Say amen. So we're gonna look at some scripture tonight. And uh, man, I know that uh, it's, it's true that there are people that have been married for years, and they would consider their marriage excellent. Things are going really well. They could give advice. Some of you could be up here teaching, uh, because you have so much experience and that's great. Uh, other people, maybe you're saying, my marriage is hanging on by a thread. No matter where you land tonight, we're just gonna grow together and uh, we're gonna learn from the word of God. We're gonna read the word of God. So let's just commit to, to growth. Now, let me give you some context before I read the, this, the key uh, passage for tonight, the scripture for tonight. So the apostle Paul, he is in jail after he plants a church in Ephesus. And that's where we get the book of Ephesians, right? So he's, he's uh, planted this church. The church has started. The church is uh, developing and, and growing. And then he's in prison. And so he's writing a letter back to the church that he started. And he's addressing Christian households. He's, address, he's addressing topics like marriage because he wants his church to do well. And so with that in mind, let's start in chapter five of Ephesians, starting in verse 21. Here's what the Bible says. It says this. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is head of the church, his body of which he is the savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Then addresses the husbands here. It says, husband, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle 
or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves uh, his wife loves himself. After all, no one has ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. And verse 31 says, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. Those two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. We're gonna pray tonight. And uh, as we pray over this message, I do wanna just, uh, we're gonna pray over this Sunday. It's gonna be absolutely amazing. Super Sunday, supernatural Sunday. I hope you're ready. We've seen these tickets all in neighborhoods and, and throughout businesses, and, and uh, we wanna pray an anointing on these cards as we uh, are stretched and as we are commissioned to go and invite people. We're believing for uh, many, many people to be saved and uh, we're, we're gonna pray for Super Sunday. And by the way, on your way out uh, after the service, if you need more of these, we have more at the Info Center, all right? So let's pray right now. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you that you address topics like marriage and you used uh, the Apostle Paul to, um, to address and really give us instructions on how to live. And I pray, God, that every couple in this room or maybe there are people here tonight that are on the brink of getting married or, or are getting married soon, God, I pray that you would bless them, that they would be encouraged by this word. God, that you would uplift us, and I just pray against any type of condemnation uh, because that's not what your word brings, but you give us life and hope, and so I pray that this word would encourage. And God, we take a moment right now and we pray for uh, this Sunday. God, this evangelistic um, message that is gonna go forth, this, this day that we've put together and packaged so that we can reach the lost. I pray, God, that we would see your spirit poured out uh, in an incredible way and that the lost would be saved and we're believing that. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. Amen. So let me start with this. You know, we, um, we maybe start dating or we are, think about it, you're strangers at one point and then at some point you uh, start to like that person and you start to maybe flirt a little bit and then somehow you get connected and you're like, okay, uh, how, how do you go from that to standing at an altar saying I do and then living the rest of your lives together? It, it's kind of crazy when you think about it. Um, and marriage can be very, very complicated and there's a lot of, it can be complex. Um, but in the Bible, let me start with this. In the Bible, there's a book called the Song of Songs. So Solomon writes this, this book and and basically, this is a collection of Hebrew love poems. And in this biblical book, there are three different Hebrew words used to describe love. And I'm gonna give you three of them, all right? So the first one is this. It's, it's, and I don't, I don't speak Hebrew, okay? So you gotta forgive me a little bit. And, uh, but, but it's raya. Everybody say raya. Okay, you don't speak Hebrew either, I can tell, no. Um, and this word means this, friendship or companion. Now, I can say this, that, you know, I love the fact that my wife and I, I feel like we're, we're best friends. And that's not a cliche, that's just like, I love being able to hang out, I love being able to just spend time together. If there's anybody in this world that I wanna hang out with, it's my wife. We don't really have to try, we don't have to perform, we just hang out, it could be going to the mall, it could be going to a restaurant, it could be just one of our kids' games or something like that. We're just hanging out because we're friends. And that's where 
it all started. Um, we are high school sweethearts. Yeah. I thought you'd be impressed. Pastor Johnny and Jamie, they're high school sweethearts. I was having, I was having dinner with, um, with some friends and they said, we're actually middle school sweethearts. I'm like, that's kind of, that's, that's young, that's pretty young. Don't go any younger than that. Like nursery sweethearts, no. <laughs> Saw you in that crib, no, that's too, that's just weird. But, but high school sweethearts and you know, middle school, they, they're still going strong, so that's great, but it starts with this, this uh, friendship and relationship. And uh, I can tell you this, and this is true, this is like before cell phones, this is before all the texting going back and forth, but I was at Southeastern University, it was Southeastern College then in Lakeland, Florida, my wife is a year older than I am, like in, in school, so older woman, come on, let's go. Uh, and, and so we spent so much time communicating and writing back and forth. Guys, I don't know if you have that picture up there, you can put that, but uh, e nearly every single day, I kid you not, we, we hand wrote letters to, to one another, say aw. I know, it's, I mean, I see that, we uh, visited my family back in Indiana and all this stuff was in our basement. My mom said, will you take this stuff? And I was like, sure. So we threw it in the car when we were driving back. And I was reading through it. It's just crazy. It's like, it's just so awesome. But we communicated, we were friends, and it just started there. I remember going to the, to the mailbox at Southeastern, opening that up, and I would see that letter and my heart would you know, do that whole thing. And I, I loved it. Friendship, companionship. And then you can take it to the next level and this Hebrew word, is, is uh, called ahava, okay? And this is not just friendship, not just um, companionship, but it's, now you're getting serious. Now it's like commitment time. Now it's uh, passionate loyalty. So this could be engagement or this could be a uh, marriage. And um, put up that, that first picture. My wife and I, we got engaged in Chicago and uh, I was a nervous wreck, you guys. I, I tell you, I went and bought the ring and, uh, and you know, I had no money, and so it was everything I could do just to get the ring, and I put, I had a leather jacket, I remember it like yesterday, I put it in my coat, and it was kind of like bulging out because of the big case, you know, and, uh, and we were like going around, and my wife's like, are you, or my uh, girlfriend at that time is like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, why? You know, I was just like, why, what do you mean? And so like, she's just like, you're, I don't know, you're just acting weird. I'm like, no, I'm fine, I'm good, I'm fine, I'm good. And uh, so we went to the top of the uh, Sears Tower, now it's called the Willis Tower, the view was amazing, and we got down, and she goes, uh, she goes, man, baby, that was beautiful up there. I thought you were about ready to bust out a ring. And my eyes like, oh, really? <laughs> That's pretty awesome. And, uh, and so I was just like, so then we went to a, a dinner or something, a play, and then right in front of the Chicago Tribune building, I, I, I wasn't really familiar with the area, but there was this beautiful Christmas tree up there, and I got down on one knee, and I popped the question, and I said, will you marry me? And this is a true story. You know what she said? Shut up. <laughs> because I had many, many times before that kind of faked it or whatever, and then she didn't take me serious. I was like, no. And then I was like, in this massive ring. No, it was, it was like this, this big, but I was like, here, here you go. And uh, it, was, it was cool. Uh, so guys, I don't know if you, did you guys already show that picture? Yeah, so this is uh, us going back in like 2018 or something like that. We went back to the same spot and uh, you know, I still love my wife and it's all good. But that's the second phase that, that you go to is the, uh, is the commitment and the, the loyalty 
stage. And um, the third is what's called dode. And that's a, that's a funny word to say. But this is the physical and the sexual aspect of, of love, and they write about it. I mean, if you go and you read uh, the Song of, of Songs, it's, it's in there. I make you blush a little bit too. Um, the Bible describes one flesh as having all these flames, all these words of love burning together at the same time. It's the friendship, it's the companionship, it's the, it's the physical and the sexual aspect of love, all within the context of marriage though. And these, stage, these stages progress. They, they start here and then they progress to the next stage and then they go to the next stage. And sometimes uh, people get it mixed up because they maybe start with the dough, they start with the physical aspect and they don't really know each other and there's no commitment there. That's not a healthy relationship. And let me just stop and say this because I really felt this as I was praying for tonight. Maybe you're here, uh, you've joined us tonight or you're watching online and, and you have uh, got things a little bit out of order in which, which God intended. Listen, you make that commitment and you say, I do. You, you get the ring on the finger and it's a covenant before God then you move into the physical aspects of love, the sexual aspects of love. And so I'm not here to condemn you, but I wanna encourage you, man, get married. And we'll do it. We'll, like, we'll do it for free. If, if it's something that finances an issue, we'll jump in the chapel and it'll be no frills, no special, but we'll, we'll make it right uh, before God and then you can be blessed and you don't have to, you don't have to worry about that. Um, but that's how the Bible describes uh, how relationships the right way. So once we say I do, then what? I mean, how are we supposed to be married to, to one another? Listen, when you put two imperfect sinners together and you say, good luck, just, just figure it out, now just enjoy life together, there can be problems. And it takes patience, it takes uh, perseverance, uh, it takes some learning, some growing, some stretching uh, to, to be married. And so, um, you know, the best marriages, I believe, are when, when couples work together. My wife and I, this was probably maybe seven or eight years ago, we went to the, the Tampa area and we found this beach called Honeymoon Island. You guys been there? It's beautiful. And uh, so we, we're like, we'd never been there before and they had these little kayaks on the side of the beach that you could rent. And so we're like, let's do it. That sounds romantic. This is gonna be fun. So we pulled off to the side of the road and um, we rent this kayak and, and you could go to this sandbar area and it was, it was, like, it was like in the movies, in the, in the uh, magazines, you know, just travel destination, that's what it was like. And so we're just, we're just having a good time in both of us and the current was taking us all the way to the sandbar. On the way to the sandbar, it was all good. There was no, there was no pressure at all. So we're, we're out, we're having a good time and then it got time to where we had to like go back to, to our destination. Like we knew where our car was and we could kind of see it in the distance. And I was like, all right, let's go. And so we both sit down in the kayak and each of us have paddles and, uh, whoops, I spilled the water. Um, so we get in there and we're trying to like, we're trying to work together and like it's, it's not working. Um, and so I'm, I'm struggling and then she's got her paddle like dragging in the water and we're pretty much doing circles after a while, you know, and the current's taking us away and I'm starting to get, I know I look buff, but I actually have limitations, you know? And, and so I'm, I'm doing my best, and like we pretty much needed marital, marital counseling during this moment, you know? We're just like, God help us. And so finally, I remember saying, just, just pick up your paddle out of the water. And I'm just like, Ugh. And then finally we get to the destination. Finally we get there. 
But I can tell you that it, it was tough. And, and here's the thing about marriage. Marriage works best when you work together. There's, there's a goal in sight. There's a goal uh, that, that we can get to where it's, it's unity, it's peace, it's happiness, it's joy. But we gotta work together. You gotta keep your eye on where you're going. And that's how marriage uh, works, works best. So marriage, I would say this, doesn't have to be conflict. Marriage doesn't have to be conflict. And I would disagree with the great English war hero, Field Mar Marshal Montgomery, he said it this way. Gentlemen, don't even think about marriage until you have mastered the art of warfare. No, that's not good. It shouldn't be a fight. Now, I get it, you're gonna have some conflict, but it should not define your marriage. It shouldn't be the thing that defines your marriage. Some of you, you grew up having a healthy model of a mom and a dad that did things the right way, and you see a reflection of God in that relationship. Others of you grew up in a home that was, quite frankly, toxic and unhealthy and abusive and hurtful. And so I just wanna just tell you what the Bible describes as marriage, the best I can tell, is that it's peaceful. And it's, it's helpful, it's a good thing. And so if yours isn't, it's time to make some tweaks. It's time to recalibrate. It's time to take the word and apply it. So yelling, screaming, hitting, fear, neglect, abuse, all that stuff shouldn't really be a part of the marriage relationship. If you're engaged, uh, I wanna just encourage you to go through pre premarital counseling. Uh, we have an incredible uh, curriculum that we go through called Symbus. Has anybody been through Symbus? Uh, the, probably some of the more uh, recently married people. I was able to lead some couples through it. It's phenomenal. And you can actually see on there uh, some of the caution flags that would, would rise up because you know maybe the husband had it modeled this way at home and the, the, the future wife had it modeled this way at home and they have these unrealistic expectations and it's all, you know, they're thinking they're going into this and it just helps you talk through that. It's incredible. So if you know somebody that needs uh, premarital counseling, then, then let us know. Or if you need premarital counseling, then uh, let us know and we'll get you hooked up with that as well. But in this passage, Paul gives instructions on marriage. And I'm just gonna go through these quickly. First, he gives instructions for married couples. And he starts with this in verse 21. Listen to what he says. He says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submit to one, this is what he starts with. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And Pastor Andy Stanley says it like this. The starting block for people who are going to stay in love is mutual submission. It's the husband saying, I submit to you. And the wife saying, I submit to you. That's where, the, that's where the power is. In submitting to one another, submission is going in both directions. It's saying, I care for you, and it's, it's that commitment. And that uh, submission means this, I humble myself to serve you. I humble myself to minister to you. It's not domination. If you think about it, the Bible says that Jesus came not to... Uh, not to be served, but Jesus came to what? To serve. So if anybody had the right to come to this earth, kind of to say, you know what, everybody serve me, and to have this kind of dominance attitude, it would be Jesus, but he didn't do that. He came saying, here's a picture of love. I will serve you. 
So get the whole, uh, you know, like, I'm better than my wife or I'm better than my husband out of your mind. It's submission. It's equal submission, this mutual submission that the Bible describes, not domination. And Jesus submitted himself. And even before sin, before the fall, uh, before, uh, you know, what we read about is sin entering the world, the Bible says that God made a helper. Guys, we need help. Somebody say amen to that. Ladies, say amen. Like, yeah, my husband needs a lot of help. Genesis 2.18 says, the Lord God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And so together is the key. It's this mutual relationship of submitting to one another. And that's why you can tell a lot about a relationship by how a person uses pronouns. The way that a person, um, uh, an individual out of a couple, uses pronouns, it's revealing. And so if they're using all the time, um, uh, you know, me, or I, that's an indicator maybe that there needs to be a shift. So it's always we over I. It's always ours over mine. Um, it's not my money, it's our money. It's not my house, it's our house. It's not my decision, it's our decision. And watch how far that goes in a, to, to, to making and developing a healthy relationship. Union and unity is such a key to, to marriage. I pulled a little excerpt of uh, wedding vows, and I've done, I don't know how many weddings in my life, a lot. I stand there, and it's awesome. You have the couple that's, you know, they're just beaming and so happy to be there. So imagine like you're the congregation there, and there's a couple here, okay? I'll be, I'll be the minister. Listen to the, listen to the words, though. L listen to how delicate and careful and um, all about union and unity this, this script is. We're gathered in the sight of God to join together this man and this woman in holy matrimony. The Bible teaches us that marriage is a holy institution established in heaven by the divine wisdom and kindness of God who said, it's not good that man should be alone. I will make a help meet for him. And who again said, they too shall be one. Listen to this. The relation of husband and wife is most sacred when it is that of two souls with a single thought. Two hearts that beat as one. It's the blending of two lives, the union of two natures. Some of you ladies are about to cry. You're like, this is, this is beautiful. This is amazing. It's all about being together. It's, it's all about uh, that companionship and that, that loyalty and that devotion to one another. And so, um, and I just wanted to, to talk on that for a moment and um, I need, to, I need to move on. So let's, let's go to number two. Secondly, he gives instructions for wives. And so the mistake that a lot of people make is whenever they talk about marriage, and some guys have the tendency to maybe want to start with this verse, verse 22. What does the verse start with? Wives, submit yourself to your husbands. So that's not where Paul started. He started with, hey, it's, it's all about mutual submission. Love one another. You're... you're uh, submitting to one another, and then he just happens to address the wives first. And he says in verse 22, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is head of the church. And so this verse, listen, should not be taken out of context. Um, if, it, if it is taken out of context, it's easy, to, it's easy to see where people may go, yeah, that makes, women might say, that makes me feel uh, like the Bible is antiquated or uh, it's, it's sexist or it's misogynist or 
Uh, that belongs to a different era. But when you read it in context, yeah, that's, that's the role of, of the wife. But, it's, but see, it's encompassed in this mutual submission. It just happens to then address the wife. And so I believe this, that submission is not a reflection of inferior, inferiority or lesser worth. Christ constantly submitted himself to the Father. And he was never any less. But he submitted himself, and he said, not my will, but your will, and it was a sign, really, of strength. And so submission, or submit, is not a bad word. I believe that submit is just uh, something like this. Submission in marriage means selflessness, service, accountability, respect for your partner. Should be mutual, not slavery or a woman's call to lose her voice. That's, that's just completely out of context. And so submission should be a natural response to loving leadership. And, uh, you know, if, if I happen to leave the toilet seat up, I give my wife permission to tell me, and she does. I mean, you guys all have your things. Ladies, don't elbow them. That's not the time. But... But there's the things, and I think I, I usually wear jackets like this, and I'll get home, and I'll just have a tendency to drop my jacket, the kitchen table right there on the chair, and then my wife just sees it, and she's like, that's completely unacceptable. So I say, hey, babe, can you please just put your jacket away? I'm like, okay, you know. But I found my defense. You ready for it? My wife loves coffee in the morning, and when she pours her own coffee, she also uses coffee creamer like the, the kind that you have to keep in the refrigerator to pull it out. And so, like, she's gotten better, but, but a year or so ago, like, every single day, the coffee creamer would be left out on the counter. And I'm like, this is, this is my chance, all right? Yeah, my clothes get left out. I might leave the toilet, whatever. But I'm like, remember the coffee creamer? You know, that's, that's just my defense. I always go back to it. But uh, you, you, you have to give your spouse permission to speak into your life, and you gotta be open to that. And I think if you have the proper balance and relationship, it's gonna work. So what submission doesn't mean is this. It doesn't mean that the man should dominate the woman, like I said. A wife does not exist as a slave in her house to cater to her husband's whims. That's taken out of context. Um, it doesn't mean that the man should abuse his authority. I wish this didn't need saying, but when Paul says submit, to the husband as to the Lord, that means as a way of serving God. But it doesn't mean that the husband is God. So you have to remember that. And if uh, your husband tells you to do something that would make you disobey the Lord, there's an authority thing that you can go back to. There's a hierarchy. God is always first. So you always obey the Lord first. Or if his leadership ever puts you or your family in harm's way, then you need to make a change. You need to get out of there. You need to get some help, get some counseling so that you guys can heal. It doesn't mean that women can't lead. So Paul's command doesn't mean that all women everywhere should submit to all men as if women can't lead in the workplace, for example. And so Paul's talking about the marriage relationship. Does that make sense? So the marriage relationship, that's, that's what we're talking about tonight. And this verse uh, should be, it doesn't mean that this verse should be used as a tool to control your wives. Notice that this verse, men, it's addressed specifically to who? The wives, the women. So guys, 
it's her verse, not yours. So just back off. There's a, uh, a famous pastor, D. Martin Lloyd-Jones, he said it this way. Uh, that means that you shouldn't quote that verse to your wife. That's just wisdom right there. So it's hers to obey, not yours to demand. You play your role and you trust God with hers. So here's some practical things. Wives, encourage him. Support him. We need it. Have fun together. Smile often. I can tell you, like, I remember in high school walking by my wife and she would smile. Woo! And I still have that feeling when she smiles. So smile. Show respect. Be a good listener. Affirm that he is capable. And uh, if you don't know what your spouse's love language is, let me encourage you to, to find out. And there's tests you can take online and that kind of thing, but let me just uh, breeze through them really quick. Words of affirmation. Anybody words of affirmation? As far as you're, you're, you're a couple and, and your relationship with your spouse, words of affirmation. So that, yeah, encouragement, compliments, words that build up, or gifts, tangible gifts just given spontaneously to show that person that you love them. Acts of service, physical help that, that takes thoughtful time and energy, or maybe it's quality time, outings and dates and, and meaningful time together. That's, that's one of my, um, you know, love languages. That's how I receive it is just spending time, quality time with my wife. Physical touch, whether it be hand-holding, caressing, physical closeness. And keep in mind this, that the way you receive love isn't always the way your spouse receives love. So start to learn and invest in that way. And then finally, uh, Paul gives some instructions for the husbands. He says this, number 23, uh, verse 23. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. The command is clear. This is, this is such a, a grand, this is such a, a massive task that we have before us. He's saying this, husband, husbands, love your wives. It doesn't say to order her around. It doesn't say to rule her or command her. It doesn't say to dominate her. Love her. And the word love there, I looked it up in the Greek. It's um, agapeo, the most intense, most sacrificial, most humble kind of love that you could possibly give someone. It's intentional. It's, it's saying, I determine to love this person. I've decided to love this person. And so when Paul says, husbands, love your wives, you just gotta make up your mind, regardless of how you feel, to invest and to love your wife. It's a command that he gives us. And we should always be asking, how can I best minister to my wife? How can I pray for her? Maybe pray with her? How can I bring more security for her? How can I encourage her? How can I uplift her and honor her? How can I serve her? These are the questions, guys, I want you to ask about your, uh, about your relationship. How can you invest uh, into the relationship as the husband? Listen to this, spiritual headship is not license for men to do what they want to do, but rather it's empowerment to do what they ought to do. I'm gonna say that again. 
Spiritual headship is not license for men just, okay, the Bible says this, that women should submit to their husband, so I'm gonna arrogantly walk around and demand this and demand that. No, 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 it's, it's not that at all. Spiritual headship is not license for men to do just whatever they wanna do. It's empowerment to do what they ought to do. And how do we do that? Man, we, we go to the word and we spend time in prayer and we say, God, help me to be the best husband that I can be. So let's talk practical. What does that look like? Well, I believe you can support her at home with chores, maybe whether it's dishes or laundry. I don't mind doing dishes. My wife's like, yeah, you should do it more. Okay, I'll do that. Um, get the kids ready. Uh, cook dinner. I don't mind doing that. Grocery shopping, I've taken that on. Um, give her me time. My wife needs her some me time. So uh, I try to give her that space. But here's the key, whatever you do when you're serving, have the right attitude when you're serving. Sometimes we can, as guys, we're like, okay, I serve my wife now, appreciate me. Because I'm pretty much awesome, you know? But really, you just gotta, just, just have the right attitude, just have the right heart. You know, I've, I've counseled so many families over the years, and really, I've had husbands come in, wives and students, everybody's mad at each other. All they wanna do is talk bad about the spouse and the kids, and my kids don't do this, and my spouse doesn't do this, and I have this, this exercise that I started to do. I said, okay, guys, I want you just to stop here because do you want this family unit to be stronger? Do you, want it, do you want it to get better? Yeah, we do. Okay, here's what I want you to do. Just imagine with me for a moment if you son, you daughter, you mom, you dad, what if we just got 5% better? Now, that's a very low standard. But let's just say that every, every single one of you, you got 5% better. How do you think it would feel at home? Well, it'd probably feel better. I'd probably feel more encouraged. I'd probably feel more safe at home. Okay, so what if, what if you got 10% better, or let's get crazy, 25% better, each individual, 25%. Think about the, the home dynamic, how that would change. Yeah, it, it'd be awesome. Now, what if you really, really tried and you were all in, and you said, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna serve my mom and dad. I'm gonna serve my spouse. I'm gonna serve. Think about what would happen then. And then the light bulb goes on. Oh, it's about my investment. I can't control what other people do, but I can control what I, what I do. So no matter where you're at in your relationship, just you determine in your own heart that I'm gonna be a person with God's help, with God's strength, that's gonna make my marriage better. And you can use that as a, uh, as a witness, really. So Paul had so much to say. He set such a high standard for guys, for, for husbands. Paul was lifting married love to the highest level possible for he saw in the Christian home an illustration of the relationship between Christ and the church. I, uh, I'll close with this, but heard a story about this little boy who was sitting down at his kitchen table and he pulled out all his favorite crayons, the, the multi-decker crayon box thing, and he had them all there. He was excited. He pulls out his, his paper and he just starts to go to town, man. He's He's drawing something and his dad doesn't know what he's drawing. So his dad approaches him and he says, son, you know, um, he goes, what are, you, what are you drawing? He goes, well, dad, I'm drawing a picture of God. And the dad kind of smirked and he 
He's like, well, how could you possibly draw a picture of God? There's, there's nobody that really knows what God looks like. And the little boy thought for a minute and he goes, well, I guess in a couple minutes, they're gonna find out. He was that confident. And as I was thinking about tonight, I thought about this, you know what? What if others could look at our marriage relationships, faith assembly, and they could say, you know what? I see something different about that couple. The way they show love to one another, the way that they show affection to one another, the way that they have forgiven one another, and they have grace, and they show mercy. There's something about that couple. And what they're seeing is a reflection of Christ. Amen? I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thank you for joining us in pursuit of growing closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.